Well, good afternoon. Here we go with a midweek Wednesday. It's a wet one. It's Halloween, and uh, this does not augur well for all of those who might be concerned about the kitties trying to go out and trick-or-treat through the slot. That's never a pleasant thing, you know, and even for those of us who have decorated the house, you know. It just seems like when you've got a rather wet wombat greeting the revelers coming up the stairway. It's uh, a little soggy. It is a little soggy. Yeah. You know, shorts, the battery's out. There's no screeching or screaming. And some of the costumes are covered up over by like a garbage bag, a last minute kind of raincoat thing going on. Mm, actually, or swap the costume. That is the that costume. Kid. That is the costume. <laughs> Lots Plastic of garbage bags. bags. <laughs> yeah, pretty much. <laughs> what are you going as? Something to be thrown into a recycling bin. No, I want my candy. Shell out, shell out, or I'll kick your pumpkin's <laughs> teeth right out. Remember those? Okay, uh, we don't, but uh, uh, it'll be reminiscent. Days. Yeah, well, you know, those days will live on today, as uh, we'll see if this is going to, you know, deter a lot of the kids from going door to door. Trick or treat. Well, that's it, you know. <laughs> It's it's a case of somebody's got to eat that candy. Uh, yeah. We might have bowls of candy coming in here tomorrow. God, I hope not. Anyway. I hope so. Do you? Okay. <laughs> no, I, I want to stay away from that stuff, but uh, sometimes it gets too tempting, doesn't it? It's the time of year where you can just eat candy all day, all night. I have a feeling their kids are going to show up. They have that uh, that postal code. Neither sleet, nor gloom, <laughs> nor heat, nor dark of night will keep them away. Or rain. Well, that's an interesting one, because if you can actually put some mail in their hands, it might get delivered on a timely basis. I would look forward to that. Okay. Well, uh, Halloween, we hope it goes off without a hitch and everything is all sweetness and light. It's not always the case, though. I'm reading where uh, up in the St. Jamestown neighborhood, or Jamestown, I guess it is, Jamestown neighborhood of Toronto, up by Finch and Jane, for the Mm -hmm. most part, uh, the northwestern part of the city. There's going to be an additional police presence because there have been some shootings of late. And then Donnie Mitchell just moments ago talking about at Finch and Allness, there's been some occurrence just within the last half hour or so. Shots fired, accident, fight. So the trifecta, it's a Gordie Howe hat trick of violence visited upon the northwest quadrant of the city. And this is where, you know, the police are saying we're going to increase the presence of our street patrols tonight for Halloween in that neighborhood because it was an episode, I guess it was late last week or uh, whenever on the weekend, some kid was caught in the crossfire. He was just going to buy some candy, some bonbons at what was masquerading as a store. I guess it's like a townhouse in this complex and they sell chips and chocolate bars and things. So the kid was on his way and uh, gunfire erupted. Somebody hopped out of an SUV and started popping off. And then the shots were returned and in this hail of lead... This kid was kind of seen in a video standing there, just, and then he ducked for cover into a doorway. Crazy. Well, yeah, and there had been another episode prior to that. I mean, I could even make this stuff up now, and I'd be right. I'm all around the net, you know? Yeah, and there were several spates of shooting in the last two months because the neighborhood is plagued with this kind of violence and gang turf wars and so on, and so the police now have made a decision, and... uh Ron Tavner, who's the uh, superintendent up there, says uh, they plan to have police come out in full force. As, as a matter of fact, some police officers have volunteered their time to go up there and just escort the kids around to make sure they're safe. Such is the palpable fear in that neighborhood. Which leads me to wonder, like, uh, if this is, again, very, very obvious to most of us that maybe these neighborhoods do need a greater police presence and a, assertive policing. Mm-hmm. You know, the idea that carting's been taken away because it's, well, 
the critic uh, the critique is it doesn't work or it targets innocent people I'm wondering how those those residents in that neighborhood actually feel if you went to them directly and said look uh, would you favor more patrols on your streets and even engaging people we won't call it carding but there's got to be some kind of contact point made here a presence that can act as a deterrent you know perhaps well yeah I guess they would their presence would but the presence alone doesn't really drill down to it at a granular level. I don't think so. It just, you know, the people that would do uh, a disservice to the community are just going to hide, which, you know, is an immediate solution. But you want to know proactive policing that really gets embedded into the community and knows people and is able to speak to them, you know, about situations and uh, what you guys up to, that kind of thing. You know, we're just talking. That's all we're doing is having a conversation. No, I'm not going to keep any data on you. just want to know your, hey, what's your name? Mine's Mike, that kind of thing. What's wrong with that? I've never seen any problem with that. But, you know, the resistance to it from certain groups, these activists, I think is doing a disservice to the communities they purport to care about and represent. As a matter of fact, with the police presence increased in Jamestown tonight for trick-or-treating, Some are saying, how can the cops have to do it? What about these well-intentioned activists, you know, who were always uh, talking up, you know, their their, uh, concern for their community? Do some street patrol. Why don't you? Community awareness. Sure. You know, make up some fluorescent things that they can wear and say, hey, I'm here to help keep the kids safe. Something. something. Yeah. Yeah. Why not? I mean, you know, you're uh, a member of the community. Then get out there and uh, offer a. A parental patrol. Whatever happened to Neighborhood Watch? Well, it's still around. It's just that not a lot of people have signed on for the program. I guess they figure it casts them as a busybody. Yeah, I don't want to be known as a Gladys Kravitz now, if you remember that reference from the old Bewitch. (laughs) She'd always be peeking through the curtains to see what was going on at the Stevens household. Yeah. So this is where I find it kind of rich that, you know, certain communities, they uh, don't want a police presence, but then a police presence is necessary and the cops take it upon themselves to volunteer their time. In a lot of cases, they're going to second some officers to be there and effectively, uh, I won't say flood the community, but a greater presence is going to be there. And why is that? Because there have been some problems. This kind of, you know, uh, it's just reasonable assumptions that a community in distress and that you've got to have police patrolling on Halloween to make sure the kids are going door to door safely. <laughs> it might have some more problems than just all Hallows Eve. Well, and we also know that, you know, sometimes Halloween people being dressed up and, you know, maybe taking it that extra step, as you said, all Hallows Eve, where all the all the, you know, sort of evil stuff comes out. And under that guise, there can be other stuff going on that's not good for that neighborhood, for any neighborhood, for that matter. I would you know, think not beyond just toilet paper in the trees and a pumpkin smashed on the porch. Well, one, you've got the streets full of children. So if something unfortunate happened. I mean, there could be very serious consequences. Two, everybody's wearing a mask. Right. <laughs> you Makeup, think it might be a night woods. ripe for mischief? Yeah. Remember the old saying I was just expressing in moments ago, oh, shell out, shell out, or I'll kick your pumpkin teeth right out. Shell out, shell out, or I'll fill your pumpkin full of lead. Uh, that has now replaced it in some hoods, which is, you know, to me, a serious <laughs> devolution pumpkin. of where we've come as a society. Oh, man, they shot up my jack-o'-lantern. <laughs> I got to get out of here. <laughs> 
<laughs> right. That could be, you know, or at least when you're carving one, uh, hopefully you're using some kind of a kitchen appliance. It's not really strapped to the inside of your boot. I used an Uzi. Yeah. Well, there you go. Riddle it full of bullet holes. There that you go. That looks weird. <laughs> oh, dear. Uh, may not be a laughing matter in no. certain hoods, but but we just, you know, had a few laughs about that. Yeah, what the heck? Right. Serious well. stuff. Serious well, stuff. You know, I would say if you're going into some of the tonier neighborhoods, you might expect better. Like if I'm, say, a kid in Ottawa, I'm going to make a point of going over to the governor general's house trick-or-treating. Because, you know, she's get the cash to shell out. Well, yeah. Uh, the current governor general, uh, I don't believe, is as exotic or... Uh, exquisite in their tastes as adrian clarkson adrian clarkson who served i guess from the late 90s into 2005 turns out has been billing the public treasury that's you and me uh about a million six all in as government data has been and see here's the kicker uh until you spend over $100,000 a year on expenses. This is like after her tenure as the Governor right. General. She's no longer the Governor General. No, no, no. But uh, if she bills more than 100000 annually for expenses, travel and uh, furnishings and what have you, and meals and so on, it makes it to the public ledger. And lo and behold, for uh, the dozen or so years that she's been out of office, uh, I think in like nine of those, she's billed over 100000 and it's led cumulatively to 1.6 million. Unbelievable. And this is where, yeah, yeah, in 2007, eight, uh, when we were heading into a, a serious global meltdown, she claimed 169 thousand dollars. Well, most, people are trying to put food on the table for the families. Well, you know, trying to keep it together. That's what I'm saying. Yeah. And the most recent filing, which was tabled October 19th, she claimed 114 thousand eight hundred and three. For doing what? Showing up, wearing... For doing what? The regal whatever she has, the paraphernalia. Halloween treats for the kids. When they went trick-or-treating at her place all those years, they'd get a swag bag from Michael Kors. <laughs> and then maybe <laughs> a, a Hermes handbag. The whole designer package. Yeah, no, well, she, she, had, she had to stock the larder. I mean, it was trick-or-treat time up in Ottawa, and when you come by the Governor General's swishy digs... Is a handbag. <laughs> Man, oh man. So this is, and you know what? You, I don't know if you remember this, when she was still in office back in, I think it was the early 2000s, a 19-day trip to Russia, Iceland, and Finland was planned to cost a cool mill, ended up at $5.3 million. Who's watching? Who's watching this? Well, this is the point. Who's watching these numbers? Who's minding the store? Right, getting out of control. Well, you know, it's interesting you say that. Uh, I submit to you, and I was just last week up in Ottawa, Yes, because you were. at the invite of the Speaker of the Senate, a group of us went up there, and uh, on the menu, because it was a Newfoundland menu, <laughs> yes, nice. uh, he had he had written, honest to God, it was engraved in the menu, uh, lunch with business leaders, and. Uh, other such business expense. I know. And I'm saying, what am I doing here? But you know, this is the kind of stuff that gets written off. And this was, you know, it was a lunch. It was a simple lunch in relative terms, not Clarkson-esque type of, uh, you know, not the caviar that grandiosity. She might be That's right, the beluga caviar right out of the Rideau River. Anyway, <laughs> you know, this is why I think people have become cynical about our institutions. Thanks. And our elites. This is why populism is on the rise. 
And you know what's interesting? We're going to have Mark Stein join us after 5 o'clock, our buddy Mark Stein, who is familiar with two debaters coming to town on Friday. Steve Bannon, the architect of Trump's presidency, they say he got him elected, and David Frum. And uh, it's a curiosity because that's really the central question. The future of politics in the West belongs to, uh, Bannon says, populism. And from says liberalism or progressive policies, which, you know, <laughs> there was always this tension between the two or conservative policies and the liberal, small L liberal policies. And uh, something we'll get into, too, as a topic worthy of discussion with our panel, uh, Dan Moulton, Tom Parkin and Peter Tabbins. Tabbins, by the way, is going to love this, the NDP's energy and climate change critic, uh, because Doug Ford earlier today announced the cap-and-trade cancellation act <laughs> you know? so we're headed in the other direction tabins and you know those uh ndp folk who feel that you know the the globe is warming at an incredible rate exponentially and unless we do something here like uh, elevate the price of gasoline at our pumps uh everything is going to be desolate by mid-century and it'll be a scorched earth if we ontarians don't put some serious water in our wine or expense into fighting global warming, even though uh, our emissions really pale in comparison to all the big industrial emitters like, you know, China, India, and the U.S., to name three. But that'll be a topic worthy of discussion. But I I think it's also indicative of the turn that has been taken by Doug Ford as a populist. And, you know, I I see where he's being criticized incessantly, including today in the Star and Op-Ed piece saying, you know, they're borrowing he and Sheer a page from... Uh, Trump's playbook. Well, and Trump has certainly been condemned for a lot of things, not least of which, again, is this massacre in Pittsburgh. He went there yesterday, sort of uh, mixed emotions about that from the people in Pittsburgh. Some supported, others did not. Mark Stein will weigh in on all of that and more, and including, you know, uh, his buddies Bannon and Frum debating at the Monk debate on Friday here at Roy Thompson Hall, and uh, what Mark thinks about this idea to... uh, well, to cancel the debate, frankly, this has been called for as well. From Parkin and Tabins and their like, uh, you know, the NDP, Charlie Angus, he's the guy uh, with the federal NDP who came out unequivocally yesterday, said we should cancel this. I mean, the guy is nothing. This is Bannon now, uh, but a purveyor of hate, misogyny, homophobia, fascism, all the isms, colonialism, you know. Pick your poison. He's the guy. He's ground zero. He's, uh, you know, the root of all evil, according to the left. And so, again, a topic worthy of discussion and certainly worthy of discussion with Mark Stein after 5 o'clock. What I wanted to discuss with you, though, uh, is this, you know, the Halloween thing. It's got me up a rope. And uh, so let's start with that, because the idea that you've got a police presence that needs to be increased in Jamestown because of violence there it speaks to a community in distress. So why aren't there more cops just being invited in in general and being aggressive or, let's say, assertive in their policing? This is where the community is being let down by their so-called activists and the proponents who say, too much police, bad. <laughs> now Halloween, you know, who are, who are being called upon to make sure the kiddies are safe? Taint the folks that are living there per se. I'm sure they're well-intended and meaning, well-meaning and they're probably going to escort their kids. But you see... That's a real uh, testimonial to how the police are needed in these neighborhoods. Am I wrong about that? 
And do you think more cops to Jamestown uh, for Halloween? It's an example of the need for more assertive policing. Maybe some, some people have pointed out, maybe the folks at Black Lives Matter ought to be doing street patrol on Halloween night in these neighborhoods. You know, really show concern for the folks you purport to support. Yes, no, 870-6400. We'll start on that note, and then we'll hear from the former chief of police here in Toronto, as well as the OPP commissioner, Julian Fantino. He's going to weigh in on interesting aspects of marijuana's legalization that perhaps heretofore we'd not considered. That includes insurance rates at home, for the car, and so on and so forth. We'll unfurl the flag on Halloween uh, afternoon and see how you feel about distressed neighborhoods and more policing. What does that say to you? 870-6400, star 640 on cell.